0: Hello, welcome to the My Salisbury Podcast brought to you by Spirecast, producers of professional audio and live video content in Salisbury. Hi, My name's Andy Munns and welcome to the My Salisbury Podcast, where we talk to local people who live in and around Salisbury. We'll delve into their lives and what they love about our fair city. This week, I'm joined by Amanda Foster. Amanda is a city councillor, development officer at the Enterprise Network, runs Hector Merriweather, a bespoke training company, and she's also the coordinator of the WRAC branch in Salisbury and the local area. So do you have any time to rest and sleep?
1: No, because my head is always buzzing. <laughs> but they say, um, you know, keep busy and nobody will catch up with you, and they haven't yet.
0: Not yet. And also your partner, Fee, as well. She, You, you probably have a busy life with her as well
1: the Fee is the, uh, is the reason that I came to Salisbury, which we'll come on to later. But yeah, it is quite busy. And um, we both are very passionate about Salisbury.
0: So having looked through your CV, your background is in sales, but I think to call you a salesperson is a bit unfair. How would you describe yourself?
1: Sales is always a harsh word, isn't it? Yeah. And, and people are like, oh, I don't want to be a salesperson. Um, I've always been involved in customer service and enthusiastically preaching about anything, whether it's the start of computers, whether it's about training. So I would describe myself as the person that likes to act as a as a conduit to light the flame in somebody's business or with them, but to encourage them and infuse it. You know life is about being positive especially at the moment so yeah. you know i would say that i am the positive tigger of salisbury
0: and <laughs> positive tigger i like that that's good um so you moved to salisbury in about 2005 yes um and you've already alluded to fee being the reason for that or one of the reasons yes for that. very much so um what is it about salisbury that drew you here other than Because you can't just move for a person. You need to be convinced by Um, the place as well.
1: Well, the the cheesy networking line is that love brought me to Salisbury and now I love Salisbury. And it's very, very true. Um, I'm a great believer that things happen for a reason. Um, And I had a a previous life which is nothing like it is now. And uh, through adversity, the fog cleared and I just sort of followed the path of many things that I wanted to do. So I came down to Salisbury... um, Ironically, we'd been here for a family gathering about ten years before, and I thought, "Oh, this is nice," and then didn't think anything of it. And then when I came down, I thought, "Hang on a minute, déjà vu." So I came down to Salisbury with no job, and um, spent a couple of months just exploring the place and thinking, "Fantastic!" And then I've completely fallen in love with Salisbury and the whole idea of it. You know, that from our market to yes, the pointy building, but to the people and the whole ethos.
0: It's it's a strange place, Salisbury, in a way, but it's endearing.
1: It, it is. Um, you know, when I was looking through this, I thought, you know, Salisbury is the city that's in the countryside. And it does have, in a, in a positive way, a, a village mentality at times, which is a good thing because everybody is there to help each other. But we have the talent of a city and, and we never tell anybody about it, which is a shame.
0: We are very understated in the way that we talk about Sourceby some sometimes.
1: We are very British about it, which yeah. is a shame. And you want to do that because, you know, you want to enthuse about a place, but you don't want it to be overrun. But then you're thinking, actually, the lifeblood of any uh, city, any village, any town is the people and their business. So it's, it's, a, it's a difficult line to, to look at.
0: And do you think that events of a couple of years ago brought out the best in the city?
1: Yes, having been involved in those events um, with my job with uh, with the Virtual Council, anything will bring out the good and the bad of people. Now, if nothing else, it put us on the map. But, you know, we were all okay. Um, everybody on the ground during that period of time worked hard, was pulling together and was working to getting the city back on its feet. Like anything, there were some people that, that rolled over because it was too much for them. But it did put us on the map, and now it's for, it's for us to have the opportunity to say, well, look at it, look what we've got, you know, come and see us. It's fantastic.
0: And I think the same's happening a little bit now. Salisbury's fared really well with the whole coronavirus thing. We haven't had a huge number of cases here. Do you think that's because we've got that village mentality and we are looking after each other more than, say, some of the bigger cities or similar-sized places around mm. the country that are struggling?
1: I think it is. It, it's about the fact that, do you know what, if we survive Novichok, we can survive COVID. It's about being sensible. Um, you know, it's nice to be a, a rule breaker, but at times you need to go by the rules and we need to look out for each other. Uh, we've actually done that in our street with street drinks, which now we need to be careful about. But mm-hmm. as soon as we knew that this was coming out, we said, right, here's a WhatsApp group. Here's a note through the door. We've got a wide age um, in our in our little street let's help each other. And that's what we've done. We've looked out for each other. And I think that has grown, um, throughout the rest of the city where people are looking out, they are being sensible. There's always going to be the people at have after wear a mask. Well, it might not be a you, but it's for somebody else.
0: Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, so we'll come back to kind of business in a minute, but you've, all, you're, you're a city councilor for Milford and like Edmonds. Edmund. That's the one. Yep. I can never remember the <laughs> parish names or the ward names, I suppose. Um, Firstly, what led you to want to be a city councillor? And secondly, how do you think you can help the city from that position?
1: Well, I feel that Salisbury has been very good to me in the time that I've been here. And it was it was time to, to try and give back. Now, I don't mean that in a condescending way, because everybody in the community can give something to the community. And when I heard that this was sort of an, on the agenda as a, a potential to do it, I thought, yeah, I think this is this is worth a go, and um, I was quite surprised <laughs> when I got voted in. But we went out on the on the streets, and um, you know, there's an awful lot of pavements in our parish. You know, our parish or our ward is the city centre, and um, with my fellow councillor, Vatical uh, Hock, who a lot of people know anyway, and Liz Sermon, um, the only way was to go and knock on the door. How can I make a difference? Well, you know, I'd like to think that I can go and conquer the world, and it will happen. It doesn't. And it's really educational being on that table and doing that. So we can all make a difference. I can be the voice for some people, which I have done. And we have done, you know, quite there's quite a lot of little bits and bobs and you chip away that. So we've managed to get the, the water fountains. So um, Fee had come up with this years ago. And then when we had our first uh, like open surgery at the Arts Centre, one of our uh, residents came up um, with um, Rosie and said, Oh, we're thinking of having these water features. You know, is there something the council can do? And I was like, It's so, all right. This, it's on the, the, <laughs> the table with enthusiasm. <laughs> but it's like, do you know, we've thought about that. So let's do it. So we were able to put that through. But it, it's clearing, you know, pushing things to make sure that the, the streets are cleaner. We've got more bins to engage with people. So um, I can't conquer the world and change it immediately. No. Um, and unfortunately the, the last nine months health has not been on my side so I, I've stood down for an awful lot but we're just starting to get back to, to the swing of things and to do it and I would encourage all our lovely people that go onto Facebook and say oh can't we do this stand up, be counted and give it a go, it shouldn't be about the colours of your politics we are a large parish council and I do it because I believe in our city
0: Was Is, is there sometimes because when you, when you become a counsellor, you put your head above the parapet and make yourself a bit of a target. And was that a concern or of people generally being um, really receptive?
1: It is a concern, and it's amazing how people uh, feel they can be rude to you, much like uh, people that are, you know, whether you're a guard on the train or whether you're a, a, a checkout operator, you put that on and people feel they can be rude to you. So I say, look, I'll, I'll listen to your concerns, but there's no need to be rude to me, but let's work it out.
0: So being constructive is the way forward. Oh,
1: it has to Don't be. Don't come with a
0: problem; come with a solution to the
1: problem. Well, exactly, and and I can understand it if people are passionate and they're very angry, but and they say, "Well, I'm not being angry at you." It's like, "Well, actually, you are." <laughs> um, so it's about having um, you know open ears to sit and listen and to do it. And I really do believe that generally, as a, as a council, and in the time that we've been in, we've had the the N word, and now we've got the C word. <laughs> That, um, that everybody has stepped up to the mark and we've done, you know, we've done our best and we're getting through it.
0: Yeah. Um, another of your roles um, is there to kind of boost the city in, in another way. Um, so you're the development officer at the Enterprise Network. So we should probably start by explaining what the Enterprise Network mm. is and then more about what your job is, because I think yep. the job title is a bit it's fairly descriptive in what you do, <laughs> it is. but people may not understand what the Enterprise Network is.
1: It is. So um, I work for Wiltshire Council as a development officer. Now, what that means is my particular part of the council is the Enterprise Network, and it's about encouraging, growing, and developing small businesses. And the Enterprise Network is just its an amazing platform to, to grow businesses. So here in Salisbury, we're at the old fire station, and if somebody has got an idea and wants to start a business, they can come and have a chat with us and we will then act as a, a signpost, if you like, and put them in touch with maybe funding or mentors or they'll sit down and they'll have a, a chat with me for half an hour and we can, as I've done this morning, and um, just sort of lay the points out about what they're going to do. Now, what often happens is they'll go away, they'll come back and they go, right, I'm ready to go now, I need an office. But everywhere is so expensive. So the whole idea of here is that you could have a, an official you know, letterbox, if you like, a postbox, and an address, which looks the part then. But we allow them to grow and develop. So if, if I might sort of just take that a stage further, my other site is at Castle Down near Luggershaw. And I've got a tenant who started with a, uh, a postbox, got busier, the dining room table was overflowing, and the side bedroom was overflowing, and his wife said, get an office. So he came to us. He got himself a one-desk office. He then grew and grew, and he's now in uh, one of our light industrial units, and that's a prime example of how the enterprise network can help. So we are signposting. We've got the experience and and the, and the encouragement to to help business grow and develop, and it does.
0: So starting any business is always a risk. Mm. You can't guarantee success, but something like the enterprise network's there to as a as a crutch as a support. To enable good businesses to have the best chance of succeeding, I guess.
1: Definitely. And, you know, the the current situation at the moment is probably, crazily enough, quite a good time to start a business because you've probably gone, there's a niche market there. So the enterprise um, network acts as that that extra person to help. And we have our contacts here, certainly with, you know, I just stepped down from the board, um, the Chamber of Commerce, and... Chamber of Commerce is there to help. The, the FSB is here to help. And because of my experience with, with Hector Merriweather and all those other bits and bobs, I can give them a, a, you know, do it this way and don't do it this way. Mm-hmm. But we're here to help. And, you know, it, it works. And it's great to see the, the varied businesses that we have here to grow and develop. And, and they know it's almost that safe place. They can come in and, and okay, we can't at the moment because of COVID, but we have a great networking area here which generally has two or three people at lunchtime that have come out of their offices and they're having a little chat and Ooh, how do I do this and how have you solved this problem but we're also a great venue so we would run networking events and we've run some crazy events here they've just been brilliant how they've grown and developed that's
0: good so you've mentioned Hector Merriweather mm-hmm. um, an interesting name for a company um, so where did the name come from
1: well I was speaking to a lady this morning about a company, you know, and I said, you need to think really carefully about what it's going to be. So when I started, my, my passion is, is training and inspire people and, and you know, give them the confidence to go off and do their thing. And somebody said, well, you could call yourself Amanda Foster Training. Yeah, but my ego isn't that big. <laughs> <laughs> my enthusiasm is, but my ego isn't. And when we started, um, I was actually with, a, with another lady, and we were, we were starting to develop courses down a particular niche route. So I felt the the company name was very important. So whilst strolling down and looking at the pointy building for inspiration, (laughs) um, I thought, well, hang on a minute. I've got a dog called Archie. That would be really good. Now, Archie's a Jack Russell. So, you know, he's very like, oh, yeah, ding, 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 everywhere. But I thought, maybe that's not strong enough. V's dog was Hector. And then the lady that I started the business with, she had a dog called Meriwether. Hector Meriwether. And... It doesn't tell you what it is. Mm -hmm. So some people would say that's a bad thing, but it sounds very sensible. Now, for people that end up speaking to me, I am a bit of a tigger. I do go go a bit crazy, but Hector Merriweather sounds quite sensible. And our strap line was giving you the advantage. So it didn't pinpoint us into one area. So two dogs, that's how it happened.
0: So it it led to maybe a flexible business um, that could fit whatever need came your way from a client.
1: Yes. And, you know, opportunity comes and when you have your own business, you say yes to an awful lot of things. Um, probably too many things. The hardest thing is to say no. But from our original plan, which, which worked, but the, the lady didn't want to go down that route who uh, I started the business with, I carried on with my training because that is my passion. But I had an opportunity to um, be a judge for the Southworth's Business of the Year Awards when I was still employed. And I thought, hang on a minute. (laughs) So two things happened. One, I told the Chamber of Commerce that they probably needed somebody extra in the office to to help Mm -hmm. because we were very busy. And and the second was I I went to um, Spire, who were then doing the admin for the award, and said, what you need is someone who's really enthusiastic to organize all the admin for it so your salespeople can do their salesy things and I can concentrate on the awards. Now, that was completely selfish and greedy because it allowed me as Amanda Foster and Hector Merriweather, to go out and meet loads of businesses. But what it did is really ignite the passion um, to, to grow Salisbury and the business people.
0: What's, what, what's your opinion of Salisbury's business community uh, now and kind of in the past? Has it changed or has it-,
1: um, it...? I think it's been quite reserved. It seemed to be quite reserved when I first started to network. But it does hide its, its sort of uh, light like under a bushel. It really does. Salisbury community uh, in, the, in the last probably five years has really grown and developed. And you would be surprised how many sharp, switched on modern businesses are in and around our city. We have a great tenant here that, that does um, computer bits and bobs. I don't say that. I mean, <laughs> I don't understand it, but you know, he, he develops driving software, 3D software. They do lots of development. Prime example. And the business community has realised that they need to, to speak to each other to share and develop. And we have so much talent in our city; it's it's refreshing. But we need to stand up on our hind legs a bit more and say, "Oi, we are here."
0: Yeah. And is is there a lot of inter? Is there lots of business to business um, in Salisbury generally, or does that improve when you come in, in, into the enterprise network?
1: I would say generally there is that there's always been that, that appetite and there's always been the history of the chamber lunches and the Federation of Small Business and things like that. But never get distracted by that. You have to go to that. So I could be walking down the street and see somebody and have a conversation with them. And, or I could be clay shooting and the back of my jacket says Hector Murrayweather and somebody says, what do you do? So you can network anywhere, yeah. it, but it's nice when there's a business function because you know, you've got like-minded people there. Yeah but you should always go out with at least three or four business cards in your pocket, um, a smile on your face and just an open set of ears. Cause you never know what you're going to you hear. Exactly.
0: Um, so let's kind of go, should we go onto the third part of your life? If you like? <laughs> and that's your volunteering. Um, you've been a scout leader, the WRAC, you told me off for calling it the rack.
1: Definitely. definitely um, Salisbury
0: rugby club. The other, th- I, I, it's a very long list. Um, where does this want to, I guess it comes back to the reason why you're a counsellor, the want to help. Where does that come from?
1: It is, it's odd. Even when I was at school, the, the, um, the Duke of Edinburgh Award scheme was going, and in fact, actually, my father uh, was on the, the first instructor's course at Frimley Park for the D So it's probably where it came. The seed was planted. But Operation Raleigh, some people might remember that. So even at school, I was helping other people that were doing that, and I just thought, wow, this is quite good fun doing this. Um, it, it's not an, an ego thing, but it's it's that satisfaction. And I do believe. I mean, Swatchkov said after Golf One that everybody should give their community, uh, you know, a year of their service. Now that doesn't mean that you would get dressed in green and you do crazy things in the services. It might be that you give a year to, you know, a gardening project or a year to a commitment to a care home. It's just something that's that's been ingrained in me, probably from my parents. So. When I left school, um, I joined the reserves, which was pretty hard to do then because there were very few uh, females around at that time because it was like a million years ago, which was ironic seeing it was in Guildford where the home of the WRC was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to get my father to drive me because I didn't have my license then. And from the reserves or the TA as it was then, I then um, ran a cadet unit for about 14 years. And it's really good to see how, again, not sounding pretentious, but how you can make a difference and, you know, grow and develop people. And then I thought, oh, stop, I'll be sensible. And that lasted about six months, the <laughs> scouting opportunity. And I thought, well, do you know what? I'm a big kid. I like going camping and I like fires and I just like having fun and being outside. So when it progressed here, um, I didn't have any of that. And, and I thought, well, what shall I do? So I just sort of looked to see what was in the area. And I suppose it's, it's progressed with things that I've done and, and it, I suppose the pinnacle of that really is thinking. Well, actually, I'll be a Salisbury City councillor. There's there's no point whinging about something unless you're prepared to give it a go. Yeah. Um, And it's been a really interesting experience, and and I'm glad that I've done it. And the WRC side of things that has just grown. So from being the person that said, "Oh, I was only a TA," (laughs) which I got slapped quite a few times when I went to the reunion, it developed, and we were able to rekindle the branch which we have when we do meet normally probably 20 people on the ground we've got a mailing list of about 60 odd so anybody um that thinks hang on i think my mum or my gran did something then they need to find us we're on facebook we're on twitter and i've developed the branch and now i'm the area coordinator as well because i've got a
0: bit of spare time somewhere bit of spare time somewhere (laughs) so what is it exactly what is the wrac i've I've done a bit of reading and I kind of understand, but I, I want to hear from the horse's mouth. What what does the WRAC is it is it, it? It's kind of got a few functions, I think.
1: It has. I mean, the, the, okay, the WRAC as such was the, the the female part of the army, which sounds awfully sexist, but times have changed. Mm-hmm. Then in 1992 they were disbanded because uh, the females were able to join any other corps or regiments. So it's a bit like an old comrades association. And, and you know, everybody thinks that, that all veterans are grey. Well, I don't think I've got any grey hair. <laughs> and uh, they're all sort of ages. So we act, as a, again, as a conduit for people that were part of the service and maybe have missed part of that that sort of friendship mode. And there's a, as you know, there's that certain sense of humour, yep. that certain banter, and it's a nice sense of belonging. So we have um, members... Who are well when i went to the reunion there was a lady who was 101 so people that were part of the the ATS part of the Queen Mary's but now it's mainly WRC but it's also open to any woman who has served because if we look at that 1992 cut off date you know we we would almost have an extinction date in line because that's going to run out yeah but we are that um, that female arm of the services and, and we're getting more and more involved with the, with the regulars at the moment and it's just that extra bit of support, that comradeship. And, you know, yes, we do sit round and we, we, we chat on, but it's a support network as well. And you know what, the anybody who's been in the services, that's the biggest network known to mankind. Yeah. So it's always good to chat because you never know what somebody else is doing. You know, they, they might have been an engineer before, they might have been a chef before, they might, but what are they doing in Civvy Street? And that could be another lead on for somebody else and connections.
0: So you were also involved... With the women's side of the rugby club for, mm-hmm. for a period of time. How was there a, a love of rugby, or if you played rugby, Is, was there a connection there, or was it kind of just it was there and needed help?
1: All of the above. Okay. Uh, so at uh, five years old, uh, my birthday present from my favourite uncle, not that you have favourites, was a pair of lace socks and a rugby ball. Always loved rugby, never, never played it properly. Um, as much to the dismay of my parents I was forever kicking the rugby ball and putting rugby butts in the ground and things like that and the rugby club uh, has always been a very good networking place oddly and, and I'd been up there quite a few times and um, they had rekindled the, the women's team and they came to do an interview um, oddly enough at, at the previous radio station during the Business of the Year Awards and they said oh you know we, we've got a team together but we haven't got any rugby kit and we can't find any sponsors so the light bulb went
0: on. So your ears went ding,
1: ding, ding. ding. the light bulb went on. I went, if you want to buy me a pint, then we'll have a chat. Um, you know, with, luckily, it's not down to me. I'm just the, the, the gobby bird that does it. But within six weeks, um, we'd got local sponsors and new rugby kit for them. Um, and then that lad led on to the rugby club saying, actually, you know, why don't you become the director um, for female rugby? And I said to everybody, look, you know, I'm an enthusiastic supporter. I'm not an expert. But it was one of those things that at the time it was needed. Um, so I did that for a couple of years, was was really grateful for that. And they are a fantastic crew up there. Um, and um, I stepped down as, as director of rugby just because actually the job that I've got at the moment, there's only so many things you can do. Yeah. Um, but I still go up there, I'm still what, what they call a VP, people can become a, um, a vice president up there and support the club. And it, you know, it's like the football club. I don't do football, but it's important we have a football club, and it's important we have a rugby club. Both of those. So that's how I got involved.
0: Was the was women's rugby a hard sell to, to local businesses, or was it? it was Cause a, Salisbury is a rugby town. It's yes. It's w- the pubs always packed during the Six Nations. We're, we're we are a rugby city. Always call us the town. I'm yeah. allowed to. I'm from here. Yeah. Um, was was it a hard sell to businesses? Were people did you find get any pushback because it was a women's team as opposed wow, to a men's it, team?
1: That was more of an opportunity, I think, and, and it depends how you sort of enthuse about it. If you've got a, a squad of, of sort of you know twenty thirty women that are enthused about rugby, then you know to me that's twenty or thirty people who are potential clients for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so admittedly Hector Merriweather were on one arm, but you know people like Mark Jones Ike stepped up to the mark. Um, Chantel from Image and Identity did, uh, you know, talking and laughing. It, it was an opportunity. And once they went, really? And I sort of said, well, look, there's an opportunity here. Um, they jumped on board and um, done that. And, you know, the, the club, because they recruited a lot from the army and it was still when people were, you know, getting pastings and going as yeah. a forward. So it does sort of walk well from having a lot to another, but that not only is there Salisbury Rugby Club, which obviously is my passion, but then... Amesbury in that time had grown and developed and have done really, really well. I mean, they're, they're outstanding, unfortunately. It's quite annoying, but it's outstanding. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it is all about um, promoting sport for all and rugby for women. So, and my excuse now is I, I injured uh, my eye, had a torn retina, and the, and the surgeon said, do you play rugby? I went, no, but I was thinking about how you went, don't. Because <laughs> I,
0: think, I think I get this right when I say Salisbury Rugby Club's the biggest sporting club in Wiltshire. I think it it's is huge, It's huge. Absolutely huge. Yeah. I I regularly because my parents live at the bottom of Hudson Field and I live at Old Serum, so I regularly drive past yes. on a Sunday, and the whole of Hudsons Field is just covered oh. in kids playing rugby and, it's, and boys and girls as well, which is lovely, yes. and it's yeah. it brings joy to my heart seeing. And it's very hard to drive down my parents' road because they live right at the bottom because there's loads of cars parked there, oh. but it's one of the nicest reasons to be annoyed Isn't because it just- you've got. Probably five or six hundred kids at peak when they have the big things going on Mm. playing rugby in Salisbury, and it's brilliant.
1: And you know, that one of the reasons that that sort of highlighted was the networking side of things. And people might go, Oh, you know, rugby clubs are all sort of there's a certain class, no, there isn't. No, and as you say, to see that many youngsters joining together and enjoying themselves and coming off absolutely caked in mud when it's cold and wet, and the parents on the sidelines. That's another example of how good our community is. And, you know, a lot of the children do progress, and we've had some cracking players, you know, that have come through Salisbury. But look at the cross-section of society that is there. It's just fantastic. And you, if you need a butcher, a baker, a candlestick maker, they're all there.
0: This it is it's fantastic. Right, so let's, let's bring this back round to Salisbury. Um, so Salisbury's got lots of hidden treasures, quiet places to reflect and hide away from the busy, bustling life that does go on in Salisbury. Um, and lots of nice green you have already said that it's a city in the countryside so loads of green spaces um so where's your favorite place in salisbury to go and reflect and relax and kind of chill out a bit
1: well i'm not a religious person but i do love walking to work when i'm based in salisbury and looking at the pointy building and when it's foggy it's quite a nervous like, oh someone stole the spoil what's going <laughs> on um so i would say the closest but it's the secret garden now, I know we have two secret gardens because, you know, why have one when you can have two? <laughs> yeah. So the secret garden that that um, I love is the secret garden that is hidden between, I suppose, the, the railway station and Lizzie Gardens. And there's a lady called Becky, Becky Twig who has developed it and grown it, and it's a great community. And it is very much the secret garden where you go through the gate and it opens up. And to sit down there recharges the batteries, you know, you can walk around the city and it's great, but we all need to stop. And I would encourage anybody just to use the green parks that we've got to look up when they're wandering around the city. If they want to look down and reflect, either sit in the close and just listen to the chatter and to the kids running around. It's brilliant. Or find the secret garden and just sit in there and listen. It's just amazing.
0: And as you're a salesperson, this should be fairly <laughs> easy for you. <laughs> Um, we do allow a little waffle around this so that's fine (laughs) Um, if you had to sell Salisbury to a visitor in one line um, you're probably going to repeat some of what you just said but uh, what would that one line be
1: come and visit us and we are the city that's in the middle of the countryside the people and the location is beautiful come and test it out
0: I think that's a nice way to end I think so thank you Amanda for giving me your time thank you Thanks for listening again today. Join us again next week for another episode of the My Salisbury Podcast.